reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! Patrol podcast. I am your host Scott Coles, and with me, as always, it's is Murray Fox. And this week we are looking at Doom Patrol uh, number forty-four from May nineteen ninety-one. Woo, nineteen ninety-one. Way, way back. Way in the way back machine. Uh-huh. Grant Morrison, Richard Case, Mark McKenna. It's a little frightening to think that the Morrison run was almost twenty years ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like at least 20. Over, over 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did math, math. <laughs> no math. There we go. Yeah. Wow, 20 Dang. years. Get out my cane and walker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. In the meantime, diving back to when I was a wee little lad of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> How overall that was. <laughs> yep, yep. We got a lovely cover featuring the Doom Patrol. We got all three of them on there, I think. We got Rebus, we got Robot yeah. Man, we got Crazy Jane. Flex is there. Flex is there and his little Speedo. And I don't know who the rest of these people are, but. A couple of other little walk ons. Probably bad guys. Yes. It's always bad guys. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, there, one dude's naked, so he's clearly a bad guy, and one guy's in fishnets and a Speedo, so also probably a bad dude. Who knows what's going on with him? <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So we open up, we start off, and I think we had just met the new, real, uh... Men from nowhere. Yeah, men. I was calling them the masters of disaster. That's not at all where we are. <laughs> that's, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> that's a totally different comic. We got the uh, men from nowhere, the real ones, and they're all pointy-headed and clawed, and they've got Flex Mentalo and Dorothy Monkey Girl there, mm-hmm. and they're wondering where they're going, and they're being taken under the Pentagon, and they're wandering through the the. Uh, the uh, hallways being hurried along, and they meet up with the two men that we met last week, the general and his uh, aide. General Honey and yes. <laughs> Sergeant Washington, I think. Washington, yes. Yeah, yeah. General Honey and Sergeant Washington. And Sergeant Washington has seen better days since he's now... Taking a look at the art, art, the art farm, the ant farm. <laughs> yeah, he's feeling a little poorly. He's going a little banana sandwich over there. Yeah, he's a cuckoo for cocoa puffs. That's right. General Honey, however, he loves being in banana sandwich land. He's quite. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's quite comfortable there. Both. That's right. He welcomes them to the beneath the Pentagon and. Let's them know they're having a little clam bake. Come right on inside. And he greets Flex Mentalo. He's like, welcome, welcome. You led us on a little merry dance, but we're happy to see ya. Um, and then he brings them in and he 
introduces Flex to an old friend, Mr. Wallace Sage. Finest little feller I ever rubbed down with sandpaper. <laughs> Lovely. You should pay extra for that. Totally. <laughs> Flex is like, Sage, Wally Sage, I know this man. You bet you know him, boy. You know him intimately. Pretty soon you'll both be reacquainted, and I'll be one hap-hap-happy guy. <laughs> and Flex, he says, well, we've got friends. They're outside. They're not going to let you get away with this. <laughs> and he's like, save your breath for blowing up balloons. This place is tighter than the tightest thing ever in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> There's no way your friends can help you now. And soon, they won't even exist. Boom, boom, boom. What? I know, it's crazy. So we go to Doom Patrol headquarters. And, uh... <laughs> they're like, I can't believe you guys turned up just when you did. Talk about deus ex machina. I thought Calder and me were finished this time. <laughs> That's the way these comics work every so often. So they all kind of get uh, reacquainted and figure out what's been happening, get caught up on each other's lives. <laughs> Robot Man's got big spider legs now, and you know, and the men from nowhere are back. <laughs> and now that they're all on the same page, Josh is like, I gotta talk to the boss. Any luck there? He says to Calder. You should let me take a look at you, Calder. That was a bad fall you took. Oh, I'm fine, Joshua. Stop fussing like an old woman. My government contacts can't help, I'm afraid. And apparently something strange has happened to the Pentagon phone lines. And Robot Man says, Chief, something's happening here. This man from nowhere guy is disintegrating. Oh, no. <laughs> and he sure is. He's, uh... Boiling. No torture for him. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's gone. And Rebus says, well, there's nothing left. Just some residual existential terror. I was afraid to die a second time. Can you feel that? Crazy Jane's holding her nose. She's like, yeah, it smells too. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the anathematician. There you Pad. go. <laughs> right the first go. <laughs> totally. You. It's a word that's going through my head daily now. <laughs> that's some big boy reading on you. Look at totally. That. Totally. Anyway, dude is like, excuse me, excuse me, I think I really ought to be saying my goodbyes. <laughs> so he's fine with having wars out in space and dealing with all the wacky do out there, but put him on Earth and no, that's not working. <laughs> it's too crazy for him. That's right. And Cliff says, look, I'm just going to go dig out a new jacket, okay? I won't be long. Take a chill pill. It'll be okay. <laughs> I need to be dressed. <laughs> All right, so the chief says there's an assault on the Pentagon. That's almost impossible to accomplish without raising the alarm. Mm, how much more difficult, then, to penetrate this alleged subterranean installation? I need more time. And Sarah, Danny's friend, is like, I know. And Josh is like, well, that's the one thing we're all out of right now. What? No time. He were out of time. He's talking to the chief. No one's listening to her at all. That's right. <laughs> we got to get Dorothy out of there. She's not confident enough with her power to be able to defend herself. And uh, Sarah continues to like, I don't see why you just don't. And chief is having none of it. Miss Furnace, will you please keep out of matters which don't concern you? <laughs> and she's like, no, I bloody well won't keep out of it. The solution's staring you right in the face. You're too pig ignorant to notice it. Danny can do it. 
Danny the Street can get you in. And the chief's like, ah, <laughs> light bulb goes on. All right. Ah, yes, I see. <laughs> Our new headquarters. You may have something there. That's right. <laughs> Let me work with that for a minute. <laughs> You've got the beginnings of something. Let me uh, tease it out there. Yeah. So back to the Pentagon and, you know, they don't understand what's going on. They don't know what they're trying to achieve. Why is the Pentagon the shape it is? And General Honey says, well, it was built on top of the remains of an older structure, five-sided city of the White Abyss. The Pentagon is a spirit trap, a lens to focus energy from the fundamental reality. And what we want to achieve is control. Simple as that. We've built up a pretty impressive control system already, it's true, but it's not enough. Ever since the Avatar took up residence here in 1943, we've been working towards this fine day. Five is our number. The energy of five gives power to the men from nowhere and the Avatar. And using the secret geometry of five, we're all going to exterminate all eccentricity and irrationality in this crazy old world. And Flex is like, that's just ridiculous. What you're talking about is impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. Me no fail English. That's right. Impossible. A world without quirks is a world without rebellion, a world of total predictability, a world that's every bit as reliable as the speaking clock. Yeah, all this shall come to pass. Oh, sorry, yay. Yay, all this shall come to pass once we get you back in his head where you belong. What? <laughs> Two massive psychic talents channeled through the pentagram, through the avatar, through the phone system. That's all it takes. I don't that have. sounds really complicated. I know. I don't have psychic talents, not anymore. I ain't talking about you, cowboy. In my own sweet and understanding way, I'm referring to the little ape lady here. And to Mr. Sage, bless his pacemaker, talent like his comes along once in a lifetime. <laughs> Thing is, when Sage made you, he poured most of his power into you. Why else do you think we've been chasing your ugly ass all these years? We only wanted to reunite you. Made me? What are you talking about? Flex has <laughs> got no clue here. Clearly. No. You ever remember those great prizes you could always get selling grit? I always wanted that telescope so I could spy on those rusky moon men. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why, I even heard the secret of the universe was printed in one issue of grit, but nobody ever read the damn thing. <laughs> That's true. I don't think I've ever met anyone. That I has, was convinced it wasn't a real thing because I'd never actually seen it. But people tell me it's true. It, it, it's a thing, so I don't know. Alrighty. <laughs> Alrighty. Maybe it's an American thing. I'm Probably. pretty sure we never had grit up here in Canada. Yeah. Unless we were... We don't need it. No. We have snow. We don't need grit. No. <laughs> Unless it's really icy and then it's good to throw grit on the ice. Yeah, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so they get to the uh, end of the line. Take a peek at your four-star prize. That <laughs> little monkey girl's like, oh, what is it? <laughs> I've been here before. This is it. This is the place. Let's flex. We turn the page, Whoa. and it's like a giant... Ooh, this is the ant farm. Lots of clocks. Girders and, uh, and clocks and steam engines. and Yeah, and it's an amazing illustration. It's like... It's collage type. It's like... Yeah, you know, like yeah, Some yeah. of the stuff that Kirby used to do back in the day. 
Yeah. Getting really wild and experimenting with <laughs> sticking pictures in and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. neat. It's, yeah, it's really cool. It's a full page of coolness. Lots of clocks, and they're all at different times. And You've got the men from nowhere working away on it. Yeah. All righty. General Honey is like, what a sight. Sure does make me proud to be an American. Look at the way it turns. And thunders, never-ending, a machinery whose only purpose is to be its own sweet self. Every time I come down here, it gets bigger and more intricate. Soon it'll be as big as everything. This is the model for the world of tomorrow, a piece of precision machinery with everyone in his place and every movement predetermined. Sounds wow. exciting. Yeah. That's where I want to live. <laughs> totally. <laughs> if it's 2.03, that means it's time to change the pillowcase. Oh, good. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to mention this, but I sure do love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> Smells like, well, napalm, I guess. <laughs> Okie dokie. This is where we leave you folks. The switchboard operators will take over from here. Been nice meeting you, or as we say in the communal bath, sayonara, suckers. <laughs> and he tosses his uh, cigar past Dorothy. Um, Mr. Mentalo, she says, uh, what are we going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> and Honey and Sergeant walk off. I really don't know if I can handle this job, sir. It's too much. My jacket's starting to feel like it doesn't fit me, and I can't understand why. Happens to all of us, Washington. Hell, you've just been exposed to too much irrationality, that's all. Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> we'll be living in a perfect world. Well, that's what I mean, sir. I don't think I'm perfect enough to... Now, I don't want to hear any of that defeatist talk. Why, whenever I feel a little bit down, I just think about the lovely, sensitive poetry of Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> Better known as the boldly, coldly logical Mr. Spock from... Uh-oh... <laughs> and they round the corner and they see Danny the street. <laughs> Don't miss soldiers on parade. <sighs> and you've got Cliff Steele walking down the street. You just said a mouthful, pal. His big spider legs. Clickety clack, indeed. And the men from nowhere have Flex and Dorothy, and they're saying it's all over now. Soon for you. Welcome to the ant farm. The switchboard operators will take your thoughts away. No more thoughts. Help us. Everything is wrong. We are touched by the dead. <laughs> and then an alarm starts going off. And uh, the men from nowhere go off in their little elevator, leaving Flex and Dorothy, and they're not sure what's going on. And Flex goes talk to goes to talk to uh, uh, what was his name? Wally. 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 Wally's stuck in, like, a big cube. Like an iron lung kind of deal. Yeah. He's like, help me. Flex, is that you? Help me. And Flex is like, I have to get him out of here. So he rips the front off of the uh, the cube, the little washing machine. Did you hear what they said? I have to get him out. And Dorothy says, you better hurry. And she's looking up. She's like, I think they've seen us. And uh, got a whole bunch of bald people with... Uh, numbers on their forehead and switchboard operators i guess yeah they must be the switchboard operators they're kind of like half men from nowhere half regular people like cyborgs yes like borg 
Yeah. They've all been sucked into the machine there. They're plugged in and yeah. doopity duping away. Come on, it's okay. I've got you. And he pulls Wally out. And, uh... Wow, but he's connected all these wires. He's connected, too, yeah. It is you, Flex. It's not a dream. Oh, thank God. I know you. Why do I know you? They said, I made you, says Wally. The only good thing I ever did. Oh, I'm so weak. I think I'm dying. I think I'm finally dying. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, Dorothy's like, the Mr. Mantello, they're coming. <laughs> Those operators, they're getting pretty close. But I'm real. What are you trying to say, says Flex? What about those others? The fact. The atomic pile. They're all comic book characters. You're real because I made you real. I was seven years old. One of the most powerful psychic talents who ever lived. If only I'd known. The other kids used to push me around. They still do, I guess. But my Uncle Steve gave me a green ballpoint and I made up my own comic book. My greenest adventure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was never a popular kid, never. It was just me and my room and, and that pen. So I made you, and then my belief in you made you real, and you came right off of the page and into real life. I'm sorry they captured you, but I tried to help. I uh, sent my magic mind bird to get you out, out of the tea room of despair. They killed the bird, and they got me ten years later. You've got to stop them, Flex. They're going to exterminate imagination and strangeness. They're building death camps for our dreams. Ooh, that's a nice fit. That's a nice visual. Yeah, it really is. Ooh. But I haven't any powers, Wally. They took my powers. No. I needed you then. We need you now. I believed in you, Flex. You've got to stop them. You always were my best hero, Flex. Stop them. And then he's dead. And Flex, you know, does the Wally. Starts hulking out. That's right. He's getting huge. In the meantime, the operators are getting closer to uh, Dorothy, and they're they're uh, going to do something to her. And she's like, wait, I can't. Help. And then, that's enough. Leave her alone. Who says? <laughs> I say, hero of the beach, Flex Mentello. And he's flexing and doing his thing, and he's buff. Why don't you bullies pick on someone your own size? <laughs> and he just gives them a... and they go flying back. That's right. He doesn't even have to touch them. Just the flex is enough to uh, send them flying. <laughs> That's some hardcore muscle mystery. Totally. Mr. Mentallo, that one there, she says, look. He's about to push a button. The avatar button. Oh. And uh, push it, he does. He kind of plugs into it. And, and they're like, uh-oh, it's coming. Something's coming out of there. And uh, then we get like a little text box. Watson, come here. I want you. The first words spoken into the telephone that command this summoning. Christ calls Lazarus from the dust of the tomb. We get lots of text. And it goes on like that. <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on. Yes. It's really good. Really good. Uh, you know, sort of. Uh, I'm trying like poetic yes sort of like the the origins of the avatar of the phone lines yeah and they kind of mix in the avatar or the they're mixing in the poetry with sort of regular Morrison there. Yeah, yeah yeah and eventually we get the avatar um 
<laughs> I love it. Its arm is kind of reaching out and it's all covered in like cable. I guess it's cables, telephone cables and stuff. <laughs> Dorothy's getting a little worried. She's like, oh no. And Flex says, Dorothy, get back. And the avatar kind of looks questioningly. There's something behind him. And then, of course, that's when Cliff comes bounding in. Out of the way. I was going to go blow this bastard out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> Long distance operator. Get me where... Get me. Where are you? Just tell me where you are. I've been ringing your number all night. What about our date? Uh-huh. I just flew into O'Hare, so it won't be... Oh, sorry. Wrong number. <laughs> so the avatar of the phone lines basically just talks in whatever words are going through the phone lines That's right, right now. Yep, yep, yep. And shoots like a zappy at, at uh, Cliff. Cliff gets knocked back a little bit. And uh, Flex says, this is the Avatar. This is the thing that haunted the telephone system for 50 years and enslaved the dead. This place was built to focus and direct its power. What are you doing? You can't sit there, says Dorothy. What are you doing? It's the only thing I can do. The only thing that's left. And Cliff is still being zapped pretty badly. He's like, Jane oh, Rebus. Missing part of his legs. Yeah. That's why he's lying down. Where the hell are you? Poor Cliff. It doesn't matter what body part he gets. They're always going to be... They're always going to get chopped they're off. They're always going to get chopped off. Yeah. And of course, that's when Rebus comes zapping in. And... I thought I heard something, says Cliff. Rebus? <laughs> Possibly. Here. It's here. Um, Chief is wrapping up, <laughs> wrapping up the General Honey and Sergeant Washington. Big battle going on there. And Rebus opens up this uh, room. What the hell's going on here? Out of the frying pan, eh? And Rebus says, this might be an obvious question, but who are you? <laughs> I'm Harry Christmas. Look, I got the tongs. I got the goddamn tongs. Merry Christmas. I read one of your books once, The Locked Eye. It was about auditory and tactile hauntings in a home for the blind. And, uh, I, or, the, yeah, Washington, Sergeant Washington says, if you destroy the tongs, you'll wound the dead hand. Do it! Do it! What? God damn it, Washington, you crazy traitorous bastard. What did you just say? <laughs> the chief said, do as he says. Destroy the tongs, Rebus. Where are they? Or what are they? Part of it. The physical intrusion of the dead hand of the telephone avatar. Do what he says. Destroy them. And he uh, tosses them off to Jane, who grabs them. She's like, I'm not Jane. I'm flaming Katie. So that's what's supposed to happen when I... Uh... <laughs> and she grabs the tongs, and they're all melty in her flaming hand. And the men from nowhere are not enjoying that. They're having a hissy. They are having a hissy fit. Look at that. Their robes pop open and they got teeth in the middle of their chest. Oh, yeah. They're gruesome. Pretty crazy. Yes, but they all seem to be flopping down. And Cliff is like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> what's happening, says Dorothy. Mr. Mentallo, what's happening? This one's, and he's like all grunting and sweaty. This one's for you, Dolores. I love you. Arr. Looks like he's trying to push a deuce after having a pound of cheese. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course, the uh, 
the Avatar is not enjoying this. And Dorothy's like, well, someone just tell me what's happening. <laughs> I did it. Good God, I did it. And uh, then we get a scene of the Pentagon, and it's it's turned into a circular building within a Pentagon energy blast he's, thing. He's changed the outward form of the Pentagon to reduce its power. That's right. I can't hold it much longer. Kill it, Dorothy. Kill it while it's weak. Me? <laughs> I can't. Kill it. <laughs> I can't. Somebody help me. I can't. And uh, the Avatar is stumbling towards her. And uh, is continuing nonsense. to talk its little nonsense. And Dorothy is like looking at it. And her eyes are wide. And uh, the Avatar says, listen, this is what I hear. Listen, listen. Like he's got the two... Yeah. Handsets in his and cradles in the sides of his head. Yeah, he pulls them off so she can hear. <laughs> yeah, he pulls off. Yeah, and her eyes get wide. She says, "No, not again." And we hear like coming out of the headsets there, Dorothy, Dorothy. Well, Dorothy, uh, do you want me to do it? I can do it. Remember the Muller child and the white bandage, and we're seeing like these two. Uh, Candle-headed guys <laughs> sitting in chairs. I'm glad you came back after the last time. I thought you'd never open this door again. He's candle-headed. That's just her breathing because it's so cold in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, each time you let me look out, I grow a little brighter. Soon I'll burn right through. I want my friends to be all right, she says. I want it to be... <coughs> Excuse me. I want it to be over. That's all. Good, that's good. Open the door for me, Dorothy. Make a wish and it's done. Make a wish. So she blows out a candle. There. Dorothy? Dorothy, are you alright? What happened? And that seems to have solved things. Mm -hmm. What'd you do? I heard that noise, like screaming, like horses. What did I do? What did I do? She says. Well, what does it look like, Mr. Mantello? He hung up. He hung up, <laughs> and he is. He's hung up by the phone cords. His uh, head's all twisted while his neck is all chopped up. Yeah, he's dead. He is dead, and that is the end. The lonely candle yes. guttering away in the night. Yes. I'm sure that will come back. <laughs> Interesting solutions to crazy problems. Yes. Crazy problems <laughs> brings up crazy crazy solutions but I'm presuming that that's going to lead somewhere so he's taken Dorothy and is going to I guess explore something with her perhaps yep. oh yes so that's, that's kind of cool very relevant yeah see that's actually come closer to the end of the series yeah, yeah yeah it's cool then that he's like seeding later stories as he's finishing off older well, that stories is one of his specialties tying them all together it's very yeah. cool very very cool and it never seems to come out of nowhere. Like, I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It feels it like it fits. To, but then afterwards you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It all fits. It all fits. So there we go. There's another week. <laughs> and if you would like to comment on this episode or send us a note, you can send us, you can definitely send us email to <laughs> doompodtroll at gmail.com. And usually you can comment on all our episode threads at... Uh, doompodtroll.com but for whatever reason 
as we've just learned, <laughs> you can write a comment. You just can't post it. It's very Morrison-esque. <laughs> <laughs> write all you want. You'll never, no one will ever see it. That's uh-huh. right. Yes, because we got a little mail from Wildcard, and he... Uh, we, we think that we're going to get it fixed. We're going to try and get it fixed. We hopefully that we've had it fixed for a week now. We'll see. Yeah, we will see how it turns fixed. out by the time this comes around. <laughs> yes, totally. We, yeah. Since this we might be moot. This might... Don't even worry about it. Never mind. Yeah. Just pretend we didn't say anything. Yeah. 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 And it'll be plain old back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Fingers crossed. Alrighty. So we will see you all next week. <laughs> oh, but before we go, <laughs> oh, yeah. we should probably say what Wildcard actually said. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he did let us know that he couldn't comment, but then he sent his comment in through uh, through the Gmail address. So he said, uh, in talking about um, the Burn Doom Patrol, he said, uh, now that the Tenth Circle storyline is finally over, the book is beginning to get its own feel, and I remember being interested in seeing what happened in part two of this story. So at least it was holding my attention. And I would probably agree, the Tenth Circle was kind of a weak sauce beginning. But yes, it was that it. <laughs> After that, things kind of pick up a little, and, and I mean, well, I mean, you know, it, it didn't help at all that I was kind of at the time. I, I remember being sort of miffed at the whole idea of just rebooting the Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it just trashing their whole rich history to just to start all over. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then you add in that the stupid vampire story. Cute little vampires. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. It yes. was not a good omen. It was not a good start, that's for sure. But yes, it does get better. It does. Yeah, I remember by the end, I there were there were some things I really enjoyed at, in the uh, in the series as it moved along. Not enough to keep it going, mind you, but but there was stuff there for sure, for sure. All right, now that's it <laughs> for sure this time. Now we're it's done really for real. sure. <laughs> we will catch you all next week. <laughs>